0: Well, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, whatever time of the day it is that you're listening to this program. Welcome to Philadelphia Eagles Talk with Jeff. Well, have we got over the loss yet, folks? Probably not. I mean, I haven't, but uh, figured I would uh, jump on a little bit uh, with a secondary post game podcast. I want to thank my, uh, for those of you who didn't listen to my post game podcast, uh review after the jets game i had a special guest on a jets fan representing jets nation to talk about the game uh chris who joined us and want to thank him again for giving his time to uh to jump on the program and uh you know we talked a little bit about the jets game but i wanted to dive in a little bit more about that uh game um myself and uh and kind of, there's also been a couple of news stories that broke today, so I just thought it was a good time to have a, uh, another podcast. And of course, we will have the um, Dolphins pregame podcast a little bit later this week, so stay tuned for that. Web, uh, website, not the website, but the uh, email address to email the show is uh, P-E-T-W-G-P at gmail.com. Again, P-E-T-W-G-P at gmail.com. Email us the show. Ask us any questions. Give us your thoughts on the Eagles' loss, first loss of the season, and first loss ever to the New York Jets. Um, Like to hear from you. So uh, let me know what you guys think. And, uh, yeah, so today's podcast is really just going to be focused on Some other aspects of the game that I maybe didn't touch on when I had uh, Chris on, you know, when I have a guest on, obviously, um, I obviously want to allow them time to, you know, give their um, synopsis and a recap uh, of the game. Um, And uh, due to time constraints, you know, I can't uh, I want to make sure that uh, I now have the time to fully digest that Jets game and uh, give you my additional thoughts on it. So. Where do we begin? We're going to begin with Jalen Hurts uh, because I was very hard on him after the game. I'm not sure how much I really said in the podcast with uh, you know with Chris on there. I know I wasn't you know giving him rave reviews, that's for sure. But after um, watching it a little bit closer, he didn't play as badly as I originally thought. But, but. I say that with the caveat that the two plays that he made that were just completely unacceptable. And I mean, you cannot have a quarterback this far into his career now. He's not a rookie anymore. He's also paid a lot of money to make two of the worst decisions. I have seen a quarterback make on this team in a long, long time. To totally unacceptable. And I mean totally unacceptable. Now, what we like about Hurts is he learns from his mistakes, and they typically don't happen again. But uh, these two are hard to just overlook. And I'm not going to overlook them. That's why I'm talking about them now. Because, you know, he, did, he had three interceptions in the game in total, but really only one of them was his fault. I mean, could he have thrown the ball in other areas? That may have lessened the chance of being picked, those other two, perhaps. But let's face it, the one that Goddard bounced off Goddard's hands and went to a defensive lineman of all people who intercepted it. So that one you can't blame on Hertz. And then the second one, you know, Hertz was um, you know trying to make the throwing attempt and, and got clipped on the arm. And so he didn't, you know, he didn't get his full velocity on it, and it kind of just sailed up in the air and was up for the grab. So can't really blame him for that one either. The interception late in the game, though, was again. I use the word unacceptable because that is exactly what it was. You cannot, you cannot make that throw. Cannot make a throw. And uh, that was as bad a play as I have I can remember seeing from an Eagles quarterback, or you know, other quarterbacks in the NFL. Sure, I've seen worse passes by them, but from an Eagle standpoint. My God, I don't know if Koi Detmer made passes like that. That was horrible. You can't do it. And I don't know, sometimes you don't want to bring up the Carson Wentz factor when you started to play hero ball all the time, but there was a little Carson Wentz hero ball in Jalen Hurts late in this game. That play, and then the other one that I sharply criticize also is the fourth down and eight play where all you needed to get was eight yards. Okay? On fourth down to keep this uh, potential, you know, comeback alive. And Hertz, rather than taking a short play, decided to heave it like 40 yards downfield into a double-covered Devontae Smith. Just another dumb decision. Dumb. As dumb as it gets. You know, on this program, I don't uh, sugarcoat anything. You know, I've given Hertz a lot of praise, Over the last couple of years, um, you know, once he made a believer on me, because I was very, you know, I gave him some criticism early on because I wanted to see some improvements from him, which I, like I said, I've seen. He has grown into a very, very good quarterback. However, those two decisions, good quarterbacks do not make. Those two plays I just talked about, the interception late in the game, horrible pass, horrible decision number one, then horrible pass, number two. And then when you need, only need eight yards, okay, to uh, keep the drive alive on fourth and eight, and then you decide to go 40 yards down the field, which is fine if the guy was open or at least single-covered to give him an opportunity to make a big play. We know that Devontae can make big plays downfield by outleaping one defender. That's asking way too much at a really bad time. Very low percentage chance of that play working out when the guy's double covered downfield. You're asking Smith to make a miracle. So horrible decision by Hertz. Horrible and reckless. 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 So two unacceptable plays. You just I'm 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 never gonna accept either one. You're not gonna convince me that either one of those plays was smart. Or uh, appropriate to make at that time. Terrible. Just awful. So, Hurts, those can't happen. They cannot happen. You know, I don't know what his deal was late in that game, but uh, he tried to play hero ball. That's the only thing I can think of. You don't make those plays unless you're just trying to, you know, you're just being reckless. You're being reckless and trying to play hero ball. And that's, that's a recipe for disaster. All right, so I wanted to get that off my chest. There's definitely uh, some other things in the game uh, before I get to some of the breaking news stories from today. Another thing that, that you know, as I was kind of going back through the game that I'm kind of tired, growing tired of is too much Kenny Gainwell. Now, I've never been a big Gainwell fan. Um, I think he's good. I'm not saying he's not a good player, but the Eagles play him too much. He's not as good as the Eagles play him as, you know, as such. Uh, and you know, the few times that I saw Boston Scott in the game, like we haven't even heard his name in, in, in weeks, uh, Boston Scott just looks 10,000 t- times quicker than, than Kenny Gainwell on the backfield. And for me, I'm like, this guy needs to be getting more secondary type reps than Gainwell. Um, I would incorporate Boston Scott, especially in a game against Miami coming up where the Eagles are going to have to score a ton of points to be competitive in this game. Um I would throw some Boston Scott at the Dolphins, absolutely. Gainwell, he's a tough runner. He's just, I don't know. He In certain times, he does look better than I probably give him credit for. But then he has games like, you know, against the Jets, he had the one play down the sideline where he, you know, took on. He, like I said, he's a tough runner, and, he you know, he can fight for yards and all those type of things. But I just, to me, he he just seems to slow this offense down when he's in there. Um, at least this year so far. I haven't seen a lot of them and they seem to play him a lot in the red zone. And then you wonder why we, we haven't struggles turning, you know, scoring in the red zone. I think part of it's Kenny Gainwell. I would get Boston Scott in this offense more and use Swift more, personally, if I were the Eagles. That's that's what I'd be doing. Um so all right, those are my thoughts on Gainwell. But plus he dropped a big pass in the game too. Um that play that uh, Hertz made, uh, running down the sideline, and we threw it the last second before he went out of bounds. Which he does way too much. I'm, I'm so tired of Hertz trying to make pull miracles out of his ass. You know, escaping to the right and then trying to make a last minute throw before he goes out of bounds. I mean, um, defenses that's what they're trying to make him do because that's a low percentage play. But sometimes Hertz can pull one out of his ass and make a make a good throw. He did it um, a couple times in this game, and we should have done it. I mean, he did it once in the game early, and then should have done it again. With Gainwell, but Gainwell dropped the ball. And Hertz did a great job again uh trying to, you know, uh, you know, getting it to him, which would have been a first down. It was right to him, and Gainwell dropped the ball. Uh that was a big play, too. It's a big third down play. So um I'm trying to think what else now. The other thing is that's really surprising, and I I really don't know why this is the case. The Eagles and mainly it was, maybe it was because it was mostly under Andy Reid. But I think if, even under Peterson, they were a pretty good screen team, if I remember right. Um, but somehow, and this is why it's puzzling, because the Eagles still have, you know, the, the Lane Johnsons and Kelseys of the world here, at least those two guys, that have been around a while and know how to run screens. And they were a very good screen team for the longest time. But somehow, in the last few years, the Eagles can't run the screen. They're terrible at it. They're awful. And I don't know how when you have two, you know, pillars in your offensive line that were there when you were running successful screens, how suddenly now, and they have athletic guys in there, you know, when they're with their starters anyway, you know, Jergens, athletic, my lot is athletic for his size, especially. And Dickinson, even. I mean, Dickinson made that he was the man, he was the one that made a tackle. By the way, on the interception return, or would have been a return for a touchdown against the Jets there, on Hertz's uh, interception there late in the game. It was Dickerson who went downfield and made the tackle. So, I mean, Dickerson can move. Uh, to me, I don't understand. I don't get how suddenly the Eagles can't run a successful screen. They set it up sloppy. This game was a perfect example of it. You know, they tried to run a few screens to Goddard. Almost every single one of them was just blown up because either the guys weren't there to ready to block yet when the pass got there, uh, or Goddard was you know out of position. It just, it just looks like a complete mess. They can never set up the screen right. And if I were the Eagles offense, I, I would start practicing the screen more because those plays would be super effective with the type of athletes we have on the offensive line. And obviously, Goddard is tough to tackle as is without guys blocking for him. You know, the Goddard screen especially. And then you have a guy like Swift, who's really good out of the backfield, set up him up with some screens. But this team can't block screens for some reason. I don't understand it. Uh, but it's it's ugly. Every time they run a screen, it's, it's ugly. Even the one successful screen they ran, Goddard had to, you know, break a tackle to get anywhere. Uh or else that would play would have been stopped. And then the others were just a mess. Total mess. Um so that kind of stood out to me. Uh what else? I think that might be it. Well, I mean, I know I did some stock ups and stock downs. I'm gonna kind of elaborate a little bit more on that. Devontae Smith you know, I didn't give him a, a down stock down uh during the um recap with Chris there when I had him on. Um but Devontae De- Smith was and, and I'm not going to pound on DeMonte Smith, believe me, because he's going to be on this stock down list few and far between because he's that good of a player. But he had a bad game. And you get a bad game, you're going to be on the list. And, and, and you know, I'm not going to harp on him too much uh, because we know typically he's making every single catch. But, you know, especially that one over the middle that Hurts did a good job stepping up in the pocket instead of scrambling out one of the few times that he actually stood in the pocket instead of trying to run out of pocket again. He made a really good play, stepped on the pocket and made a great throw to Devontae Smith who was right in his hands and he drops the ball. I mean I sometimes you just shake your head like how, how do you even drop that pass but we're all human' we're, none of us are automatic uh, but he had a bad he had a bad game Devontae did and out play could have gone for a touchdown who knows I mean he was that wide open, but uh, at the very least it would have been a good 40 50 60 yard uh, pass you know and run or catch and run, I should say. Uh, so, bad game for Devontae Smith. Uh, I fully expect him to come back, you know, strong. Reddick already, I don't think I mentioned on the uh, on the post-game uh, pod about uh, his performance. He continues to just, you know, ever since he's got that arm cast off, he has been a beast, the beast that we all expect him to be. Uh, he had another great game, a lot of pressures, a couple sacks, I think. Uh, one big sack, you know, when the uh, Jets were in the red zone um put him back like 15 yards I mean Redick has been an absolute animal he started off the season last year slow and just absolutely just got better as the season's gone on he's doing it again so um hats off to Reddick, Mo Williams Williams who we have talked on this pro uh podcast um giving rave reviews all the time saying he should be playing more um Every time he does play, the guy seems to make an impact. He's good against the run. He's good against the pass. He's just a really good underrated player on this defensive line, and um, and he's he had another really good game, uh, stepping in, and getting a lot of playing time because Carter being out, uh, you know. So uh, and he you know stepped up and made a lot of really big plays. Josh Sweat, even though he's not on the stat sheet all the time, is constantly getting pressure. He is always making, uh, uh, you know, at least collapse in the pocket almost on every single down. He is – Josh Sweat, again, he's only got, like, three sacks on a year. He's my – by the way, I predicted him to to lead the Eagles in sacks. Um, He he is constantly collapsing the pocket, and, you know, he's good against the run, too. And uh, I think he's uh, not always noticed and uh, for, uh, you know, certainly he hasn't getting as many sacks as – As uh, I think that he should have at this point, but he's been close. I mean, like I said, he's got three sacks and he's probably could be very close to get another another three or four uh, because he's constantly disrupting plays. So uh, stock up for him and Goddard, you know, Goddard, they can't run a damn screen to block for him. But otherwise, he, you know, he had another game, second one in a row where he's become more impactful. So they're definitely trying to get him the ball more and uh, which is good because, you know, the Eagles need to spread the ball around. And they need to get Goddard more involved um, to become the dynamic offense that we know this team is capable of doing. But overall, this team is still out of sync. I'm not Even outside of the screenplays they try to set up that they haven't been able to figure out how to uh, execute properly, this team is still just not firing on all cylinders offensively. And I have a feeling when it, when you're now this deep into the season and you're still not firing, then you have to start pointing your finger at the offensive coordinator. Something's off. Something's miss and something needs to be fixed because Jalen's been off the whole year and uh, he has not looked comfortable in this offense. And, you know, other than A.J. Brown, who's just consistently having great games, uh, this offense, and Swift maybe, uh, you know, as well, he's been performing really good. This is the only game that Swift was kind of contained. Other than that, this, this offense is just not firing. And certainly is not scoring the way it should be. And uh, they haven't been able to solve the red zone problems they've had all season long. And you're now going in against a team that is averaging like 35 points a game. It's insane what the Dolphins have been doing this year. And the Eagles can't be settling for field goals. And they can't be turning the ball over, certainly. And they're going to need to put up touchdowns in this one. Now, the Dolphins don't have that great of a defense. It's okay. It's not as good as the Jets' defense, Um, but, you know, the Eagles have not been playing that great of defenses this year and they haven't been able to score, you know. So that's why, you know, I'm super concerned going into this game. Now, you guys, I'll give a little bit of a preview because I'm going to leave that for later this week when we talk about the Dolphins, get the injury updates, which is going to be a long list again. Eagles are really banged up, really, really. Hurting in the secondary again, even lost more players. Um, but I predicted before the season started that I didn't think the Eagles would beat the Dolphins. And that was before I knew the Dolphins would be flying and, you know, scoring the way they've been scoring. You know, because I made that prediction before the season even started. Matt, by the way, predicted uh in that preseason show, prediction show, uh their first loss would be against the Jets. So congrats to Matt. Now I know Matt. Thought and, uh, and assumed, <laughs> why wouldn't he, that uh, Aaron Rodgers would be the quarterback you know, when he made that prediction. But nevertheless, his first loss, he had him undefeated until they played the Jets. I had him undefeated until they played the Dolphins. And uh, I have to say, and I'll put the spoiler out there right now. We'll talk about it more later this week, and I'll give you more reasonings as behind his prediction. But I don't think the Eagles going to beat the Dolphins. I think they're going to have a two-game losing streak now. Uh, heading into, I, don't know, I think they play the commanders, I think, after that, I believe. Um, don't quote me on it, though. Um, but the way this team's playing right now, I mean, the only thing that kind of gives me more hope is that they did just lose this game, you know, and maybe they'll wake up this offense and they'll, they'll get their act together here for the Dolphins because they can't afford another sloppy game. They can't. They're going to get their asses handed to them right at home in the link. Now, as I say this, there's two things working in favor for the Eagles. One, I just mentioned that they're coming off a loss now, and hopefully this will shake this team up and wake everything up and get them to mind their P's and Q's a little bit closer this week. Um, and the second thing is the the Dolphins are not as good as so far this year, statistically, on the road. At home, they've just been unstoppable. Um, not that they haven't been scoring points on the road either, but they it's like 10 points less per game than it is at home. So that works into the Eagles favor, but uh, there's a lot of concerns that I have. And we'll talk about it in my next podcast. So make sure you tune in for that. Make sure, by the way, you follow and share this program. Make sure you rate it. Give me that five-star review. I really appreciate it. It really does help the show a lot. So if you take a moment there and do that, I'd really appreciate it. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, in further detail, but my thoughts on the dolphin game coming up here, um, uh, probably be friday when i uh, when i put that podcast up uh, for the preview now finally uh and lastly a uh, couple of uh signings today one of them totally i <laughs> definitely didn't see this one coming uh and that is the how he has signed julio jones yes that julio jones the seven-time all pro wide receiver who I had thought retired. I mean, I didn't even know he was still out there. I knew he wasn't on any team, but I had thought that he hung him up, but uh, apparently uh, he's been a free agent and uh, has been unsigned, which, you know, obviously if he's out there unsigned this deep into the season, you know, how much does Julio Jones really have left in the tank? Well, we're about to find out how he uh, apparently thinks that uh, he's got something. Now, we don't need him to come in and be our number one or our number two. Uh, if you haven't heard, the Eagles did put Quez Watkins on the IR, so we, we know that he's out for four weeks. Uh, I think it's the hamstring, again, that he's never been able to recover from this year. So, you know, if you're going to bring in a veteran wide receiver like Julio Jones to play uh, as our number three guy, you, know, you can do a lot worse than that, I think, even if he isn't, you know, and, and he, believe me, he's not. I mean, obviously, this guy's not the same Julio Jones. But can he be a dependable guy with good hands? And, you know, I don't know how fast he still is. Um, you know, he was always a pretty good, uh, kept himself in shape. But he's obviously much older now. But he's, you know, I would imagine that how he's bring him in for him to be our number three, um, you know, slot wide receiver. So, you know, that, that's going to be interesting. It's intriguing, nonetheless. I don't know. I didn't get any details on how much they're paying him. I can't think of it being that much, but you know, the fact that Julio is still out there and willing to play, you know, he must think he still has something left. So it's interesting. He hasn't really done much since he left Atlanta. He played in Tennessee for a while. And I think Tampa Bay was his last team that he was on and really didn't do much of anything on either of those teams. But when he was with Tennessee, he did play alongside AJ Brown. So those two are familiar with each other as well. I don't know. It's just interesting. Again, it's it's a big name, certainly. Uh, but how much does Julio Jones have left to contribute? I mean, I'm sure it's a, probably a prove-it type of contract. You know, it's a, I know it's a one-year contract. I mean, you obviously, give them more than one year. Not that I would ever expect them to do that. But uh, it's probably incentive-laden, would be my guess. You know, probably close to the league minimum, but he's got probably incentives put in there or something. Um, but we'll see we'll see what Julio Jones has left. He is now a Philadelphia Eagle. I don't know how ready he'll be to play this weekend against Miami. Uh, but the Eagles do need a number 3 wide receiver. Um you know, or they need at least a number 4 wide receiver. They need depth there because uh of the injury to Quez. So we will uh we will see how quickly he can get up to speed. Now he's a longtime veteran, so you know. He, uh, we know that he you know, you could probably pick up uh, at least a certain routes pretty quickly. Um, so, just an interesting signing, definitely worth mentioning. And the other signing today is they brought back off the Pittsburgh Steelers practice squad, Hosea Scott or Hosea Scott. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, but that's certainly a familiar name for Eagles. The Eagles brought him back. Howie, uh, obviously, we need depth in the secondary, and right now the answer from Howie is. Isaiah Scott, which is uh, to me not anything to get excited about. Um I don't remember him being all that good, quite honestly, but he knows the system, knows the defense, and uh you know, he'd probably be active this weekend because the Eagles are so beaten up in the back uh in the back half of their defense. Blankenship, I, I don't know if he's gonna be ready to play. He hurt his ribs again, and what I understand is he fractured his rib. So I doubt we're gonna see Blankenship once again, which means we're down both safeties, actually three safeties if Brown is still unable to come back. Brown, there was rumors that he was going to play last week, uh, and he still stayed out. So, you know, he's obviously still not ready to go. Um, You know, Evans is still out. Evans is actually on the IR, so we're not going to see him for a month. I mean, his team has just absolutely been obliterated with injuries in the secondary. Is Slay even going to be back next week? I don't know. That injury popped up last week. Nobody knew he was, getting, he was even hurt in the previous game, but you know, and then he didn't play. It's amazing how bad and how uh, our depth is being challenged here with the uh, in the secondary. And this is the absolute worst team coming in to be playing with a beaten up secondary and the high flying, unstoppable offense of the. Dolphins. They must be licking their chops looking at this Eagles secondary. Oh man, this could be ugly. It could be ugly. It really really could. I'm trying to be optimistic. We're well, going to talk a lot more about the Dolphins uh coming up, but I mean, this is not looking good right now. This is probably this is the worst team uh that the Eagles could have in their schedule at the worst time. You know, when they're trying to figure out what the heck to do with the secondary. Totally the wrong team to be trying to figure that out uh playing. So, I don't know, man. I I, I wish I had some more optimism, and maybe I will by the time we do our uh, our uh, preview podcast for the Dolphins. But uh, you know, in the meantime, we have Julio Jones now on this team, so that's interesting. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. As always, remember to tune in later this week. Philadelphia with Jeff. We will talk more about the Dolphins game and. Uh, yeah, well, uh, maybe the Eagles will have and how we'll get to work and bring in another player or two there in the secondary. In the meantime, we got a lot to work on here before we face the high-flying Dolphins over the weekend. So until then, take care. Fly, Eagles, fly. And we'll catch you all later.